Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. I'm so happy to join with you. I'm so happy this day the sun is rising over the green mountains at the Sunray Peace Village in Lincoln, Vermont. And it is my joy to be here and to share it with you. I'm sitting out on the porch of the community building and uh, I've been tenting. I'll be here for the most part uh, for five, six weeks, something like that, enjoying all the festivities. I invite you to consider coming to join me here uh, at the end of July, every year, last weekend of July, there's a big uh, spiritual hootenanny, which is called the Elders Gathering, and you can read about it at sunray.org. This is a small organization, and the Peace Village is a place of refuge. It's a Native American organization. My teacher, Venerable Dahani Oahu, is the chief of the tribe, and she is Cherokee. Uh, the Selegi people, uh, another word for Cherokee, the Cherokee word, Selegi. And uh, it's a wonderful place to be. I'm always so happy to be here. It's a healing vortex here on the land. And I find that I take a quantum leap every year when I'm here. And I'd like to spend more time here. Uh, it's just a, a joy and a pleasure for me, and I'll tell you more about that, but uh, ah, I hope you can hear the birds. We're all happy. The sun is rising, and we're grateful. So I place my hand in my heart, so grateful and so thankful for the living Word of God in A Course in Miracles, so grateful for the living Word of God in our heart in our mind, that we are interdirected, that the Holy Spirit, the higher self, the higher Holy Spirit self, our true identity is leading us and guiding us, and that we're all listening to spirit together right here, right now, transcending time and space in order to remember the truth that is our liberation. We are grateful and thankful. We're saying, beam me up. Holy Spirit, we're willing, we're available, and that's all that's necessary for us to have a complete and total healing. So we're cultivating that willingness by joining together and being in this prayerful space here and now. We're grateful to release all resistance and reluctance to following divine insight loving guidance. We are grateful and thankful to partner up and to live the truth. In gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. Yes. Yes, yes. Ah, it's been hot as Hades here, as it has been in the Northeast and um, elsewhere here, and uh, very humid as well. It's going to be perhaps a little bit cooler today. It feels that way as we're approaching our um, 4th of July holiday, which is tomorrow. And um, a requested topic I am offering with you today, resistance and reluctance, healing and liberating from resistance and reluctance. It's something... I know a lot about, I surely do. One of the things I can tell you is that I felt like resistance and reluctance ruled my life for the longest time. So often I knew what course to follow, I knew what my intuition was telling me, I knew where I was being led and guided, but I could feel The personality didn't want to do it. The personality didn't feel worthy. The personality um, clings to what it has made, 
right? So the personality has identified with the ego thought system of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. And we build our personality around these beliefs. And um, we can say it's a negative thing, but really, truly, from uh, what I can witness to, we are healing our decisions of the past. So often I find that our healing leads us to that beautiful section at the end of chapter 5, that prayer, I must have made a wrong decision because I am not at peace. And I, I just have found that that opening line, there are two lines in there, I must have made a wrong decision because I am not at peace. When I'm not at peace, I say, ah, I must have made a wrong decision. And and I make wrong decisions on a regular basis. And when I do, that becomes my opportunity for healing because then I say, the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let him. And I am allowing the higher Holy Spirit self, to undo all the consequences of every wrong decision I have ever made, whether I can feel it or not, so felt or not felt, whether I can recall it or remember it or not, remembered or not remembered, whether I can even recognize it or not, recognized or unrecognized, felt or not felt. And that is my daily prayer to undo the resistance and the reluctance. That is my daily prayer to open up my willingness. I am willing to be my true self. What happened for me is I started to have glimpses of life as my true self. The joy, the natural beaming joy that is constant when we are identified with spirit. And if you don't have any sense of that, let's right now, let's join together with the higher Holy Spirit self and ask for it. Ask and it is given. So we are asking for life-changing, mind-altering, heart-opening pristine, beautiful, gorgeous, lightning bolts of bubbling joy, our natural state, uninterrupted, unconditional joy to break out all over our lives. We are opening ourselves to infinite intelligence, divine love, and healing. We are grateful to allow ourselves to know and to experience, to feel, and to recognize our natural state. We're asking for whatever, we don't even need to know what it is, whatever could possibly open us up to an awareness of our natural state, to inspire us and to motivate us, to shift us and change us so that we are naturally, fully dedicated, no longer resistant, no longer reluctant to live as our true selves, to remember our true selves, to dance and play and sing and discover as our true selves. This is what we're calling for. This is what we're accepting. This is what we're allowing. We are truly saying yes to this. And we are grateful and thankful to accept it, to allow it, to receive it, and to know it right here and right now. Yes, yes, yes. Mmm. Mmm. Lifting and shifting. Beam me up, spirit. I said that in class the other day. Uh, Taking off from Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty. 
beam me up, spirit. When we feel that resistance, we feel the reluctance, we feel upset of any kind, of course there is resistance and reluctance. We would not feel upset if there was no resistance and reluctance. If we were willing to fully love, if we were willing to let go of our judgments and our opinions, our beliefs, then there would be no upset. We'd be laughing. We'd be dancing. We would be celebrating an opportunity to release something of the past. And so this is the spiritual practice that's gaining momentum through our dedication. And it naturally undoes the resistance and the reluctance. So that that's the great thing that to me is crystal clear in A Course in Miracles. It says it over and over and over again. You need do nothing. I need do nothing. That in fact, there's nothing for us to do except be willing. That's it. That's all. We, we just have to be willing. The Holy Spirit will work through our open heart, our loving heart, our willingness. So we cultivate our willingness. And how do we do that? Right? People ask me all the time, how do you remember to cultivate the willingness? How do you remember to offer up the resistance and the reluctance? How do you remember to say, be me up spirit? How do you remember? We train ourselves to recognize the disturbance rather than to try and manage and cope and medicate the disturbance. We train ourselves to recognize it and to say, not on my watch, no more. No way, Jose. So, um, in in the text uh, last December, December 2017, I did, I believe it was three episodes on the rules for decision. And the rules for decision come towards the end of the text. So, chapter 30, there's 31 chapters in the text. So, it's uh, chapter 30, the new beginning. And, and this is good for us to know. Maybe we're not there yet, but that's okay. Here's what's coming if we're not there yet. The new beginning. <laughs> the bird says, go for it. The new beginning now becomes the focus of the curriculum. The goal is clear. So our goal is liberation from all suffering and bringing everyone with us because all minds are joined. The goal is our liberation from walking around inside the false belief that we're separate from God, that there has been a separation. We're liberating from the belief that we have to find our way back to wholeness. We're liberating from all the uh, results, all the effects caused by our separation thinking. And we don't have to do it. This is our goal, is to recognize the Holy Spirit will do all the heavy lifting, all of it, if we allow it. That's our key, is to allow to be willing. That's our goal, truly. So the goal is clear, but now you need specific methods for attaining it. The speed by which it can be reached depends on this one thing alone. Here it is, your willingness to practice every step. We don't have to believe it works. We don't have to understand how it works. None of that is necessary. Isn't that great? Imagine if somebody said to you, you can be a multi-millionaire and never have a worry or a concern about money. You can be so healthy and vital and vibrant that you will never have a care or concern about aging and health ever again. You can have not only those things, but you can also have relationships that are so profoundly loving and happy-making that you will delight in them all the live-long day. And every idea that you ever had of yourself of being 
not enough, of being a problem, a pain in the butt, uh, stupid, uh, ugly, wretched, lost, confused, unbearable, all the different negative thoughts you've ever had about yourself, all the fears and worries and concerns you've ever had about your loved ones. Right, The worries and concerns about the health and well-being of every loved one. All worries and concerns, known and unknown. All doubt and fear and worry. And all guilt and shame of past errors. All of that will be lifted off you if you're willing to practice every step. Now would you be willing to practice every step? And for those of you who might be thinking, if you're thinking, you know, I've been doing this course for 25 years, for 30 years. I don't have that mindset. I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been doing this for 15 years. I did it for five years. I put it down. I'm just coming back to it. What are you talking about? I didn't get that. We just have to be willing to practice every step. We don't have to know what every step is. We don't have to recognize every step ahead of time. We just have to be in that moment, moment by moment, in the willingness. This is what I absolutely know. Being in the willingness, moment by moment. Not in the past. You can't be willing in the past. Not in the future, because you can't be willing in the future. But to be willing in this moment now to choose love and only love. No matter what is going on. No matter whether you're tired or you're not. No matter whether you're hungry or you're not. No matter whether you have pain or no pain. Just to be willing in every moment to be loving to be kind, to be generous. And even, because this is what I have found that's been so helpful to me, even if I'm not feeling willing, let's say in a, in a moment I'm feeling irritated, or, I don't, you know, Ugh, that person is trying to thwart me, they're not listening to me, how many times have I told them, uh, oh my gosh, I am so annoyed by this now. Why? Why is this happening to me? Or uh, as I used to feel so often, uh, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get it? Just to be willing in that moment, you recognize, ah, divine alarm clock going off, letting me know it's time to be willing. It's time to practice every step. And so for me, how I remember to practice, how I remember to partner up, to say, beam me up, spirit, is that discomfort, that distress, not allowing it. We're so used to it that we don't recognize it's happening. We're so used to being annoyed and frustrated. We're so used to feeling sad and depressed. We're so used to feeling pain and anger and upset. We're so used to feeling the intense suffering that we don't notice. We're in it. So here's how you notice. Here's how you become really good at noticing when you've slipped off the wagon. When you've gotten on the pain train, when you've gotten off God's wagon and onto the pain train to Margaritaville, you say at the beginning of your day or whenever you remember to, I like to have my morning prayers and rituals. If I fall off the wagon today, if I start to feel lost, if I lose my peace, if my heart strays from the love of God, higher Holy Spirit self, angels remind me 
angels help me back home. Now, one of my favorite uh, parts in the course, so in... Um, In uh, the workbook is, and I'm just going to pull it up here because I hadn't planned um, to talk about it. Spirit leads me. It's lesson 183, which is called, I Call Upon God's Name and On My Own. And here's where he's talking about the angels. And it's um, a lot of course students think that he doesn't really mean angels, but he does actually mean angels. Um, he's got a number of references to angels. And if you know anything about angels, you know he's talking about actual angels. So he says, lesson 183, God's name is holy but no holier than yours. To call upon God's name is but to call upon your own, right? So if we think of Mother, Father, God, uh, usually you have the same name as one of your parents, right? And it used to be, particularly when this was was scribed, that uh, many people would take the name of their father. They would be given the name of their father. So, to call upon God's name is but to call upon your own. A father gives his son his name and thus identifies the son with him. His brothers share his name and thus they are united in a bond to which they turn for their identity. Your father's name reminds you who you are even within a world that does not know even though you have not remembered it. So when we say God's name, and it's really whatever we would like to call God, so we can call it the universe, we can call it life, we can call it love, we can call it Mother, Father, God, we can call it Allah, we can call it Buddha, we can call it whatever we'd like, really. It's, it's our true understanding of what our Mother, Father, God's name is. So, God's name cannot be heard without response. So, when we call God's name, we're reminding ourselves of who we are and whose we are. And when we call God's name, we can just say, God, 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 God. Let me remember God. I'm thinking of my friends Liz and Paul Racy, and uh, I remember them telling me a story. We were in the Agape practitioner training together and um, in classes for many years, and Liz is still my prayer partner today, 21 years later. And when um, they were first in the classes, um, Britta was an infant, uh, their daughter Britta uh, was an infant, and when she was about three years old, they were driving in the car together, and uh, Liz said she and Paul, her husband, were arguing, and Britta was in her car seat in the back seat, and um, Britta said, guys, guys, can't we all just think about God? Love that. Your father's name reminds you who you are, even within a world that does not know. Even though you have not remembered God, your father's name reminds you who you are, even though you have not remembered who you are. God's name cannot be heard without response, nor said without an echo in the mind that calls you, to remember. Say God's name, and you invite the angels to surround the ground on which you stand, and sing to you as they spread out their wings to keep you safe, and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. I love that so much. So when we call God's name the angels will instantly surround us and run interference with the ego attachments, with the ego mind. That's what Jesus is telling us right there. And what I know is that it works. 
So when we feel lost, when we feel afraid, when we feel worried, when we feel angry, when we feel resentful, when we feel resistance and reluctance showing up as any emotional upset, because it always does show up as emotional upset, it's so valuable to recognize the resistance and the reluctance and to have a breakthrough. Let's bring on our breakthrough. Let's not push it to the side and start managing and coping with our emotions. No, that's not helpful to us. Instead, let us just say, God, God, angels help me now. Surround me with your love. I'm willing to choose love. I'm willing to remember that I am here to be truly helpful, and only that. That is my true nature. It is my quest. It is my identity, and I shall not fail. I am grateful and thankful to choose it now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And just keep saying God's name. Maybe all you can say is God. God, help me. That's plenty. It's not complicated. It's not. I just love that we have real tools that really work. Yes. Oh, it's about time for me to take a break here. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and it is my joy and my pleasure. This is the 350th episode of this radio broadcast. How cool is that? We're living the love. We're walking the talk on Unity Online Radio, and I will be right Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Ah, welcome back. So grateful that we are joining together for this purpose of remembering our true nature and our true identity. I, uh, I'd like to share something before I lose track of it. <laughs> And uh, one of the things is that I have a number of events coming up this year, and oh, I have to say that the in-person events are where the major healing happens. Uh, I When we do the spiritual counseling training intensive, and especially as we're doing it this year in October with the Forgive and Be Free retreat back-to-back. People who come to both have extraordinary healing. Of course, even just coming to one, people do have extraordinary healing. My in-person events, I'm so intent that people will have an extraordinary life-changing healing that if they bring some real willingness, it happens. Um, I know that uh, it was interesting. Uh, I asked earlier this year, I think it was, I asked a couple of people who'd gone to the spiritual counseling intensive last year and uh, just if they had anything that they'd like to share about it six months later, eight months later, a few months later, uh, because it's one thing for people to, in the moment, say, oh my God, this was one of the best things I ever did. And it's another thing to say it a year later, six months later. And so I like to ask people uh, down the road how they have felt about it. And when people tell me, as they've done, and you can read about on our web pages, you can see the pictures and know who it is. And these people are listed on our uh, spiritual counseling website. So if you go to jenniferhadley.com and then to uh, the pull down menu of classes, or probably if you just Google search Jennifer Hadley Spiritual Counselors. You can find the spiritual counselors there who are in my certification program. And many of them have a lot of professional experience, including people who've been professional therapists in a private practice, successful for 30 years, including people who've been a unity minister for decades, including people who have been... Um, 
executive coaches and life coaches and all kinds of people have come and done the training and are in the certification program. That's right. The birds say, you tell them. (laughs) And they are doing this work of going for the certification, even though they have all these credentials already. So that tells you something of the personal benefit that they are getting from doing this program. And one of the things about the program that to me is so important is that each counselor must do 111 practice sessions and that their clients evaluate them for these practice sessions. And that is extremely valuable because they are learning so much. And not only that, what I see is everyone in the program is going for counseling with other counselors on a very regular basis. So they are really doing the inner work. And what happens is in these programs, and we're developing the professional minister teacher programs now too, and the prayer practitioner program is also in development. What I'm really clear is an impetus for me is to uh, certify, to graduate, to license people who feel qualified, they feel capable, they feel confident. Because when I graduated as a science of mind practitioner from the Agape training, uh, back then my requirement was, I I recall doing one 20-minute practice session in the classroom. No other requirement for practicing with clients. So that's why I have the folks in our certification program doing 111 practice sessions. And um, they gain so much from that. And because it's part of their certification, I ask that all referrals that come through my website, through the radio show, through the classes, through the programs, that they are on a donation basis. So you can, again, Google Jennifer Hadley Spiritual Counselors, not just Spiritual Counseling, Spiritual Counselors, because if you get Spiritual Counseling, that'll be just me. Um, uh, But the counselors, they're working with you on a donation basis. They need to get their hours, so you are helping them, just as they are supporting you. And what's a donation? A donation is whatever spirit leads you to. So I always invite, when it's a donation, I invite spirit to tell me what is the appropriate amount. Sometimes it might be more than their normal fee. Sometimes it might be quite less. Um, Follow your guidance. Spirit will tell you. That, that's the best way to do it. But I'd like to encourage you to make use of these wonderful people and help them to get certified. And you can work with them. They are really talented. And I am so grateful for the service that they're rendering to our community, to the Power of Love ministry in our community. There's so much uh, that's unfolding in this community. And I also would like to take this opportunity to thank all those who tithe, all those who support, all those who offer um donations of money to support our offering more and more free classes and uh, we're about we're relaunching the inspirational text messages we're going to uh, charge a small fee uh, and to cover our costs a few dollars a month but you can go and you can find and sign up for that at ACIM texts acimtexts.com we're relaunching that program we're regrouping there and 
So I also would just like to briefly mention here that John Mundy and I are offering these teacher trainings in August, in mid-August. Three different trainings. You can come to one, two, or three of them. One is inspirational writing, one is inspirational teaching, and one is inspirational speaking, something that John and I have uh, worked on uh, individually for decades. We, we're experts at it. And I am absolutely thrilled to tr- help train people to be more successful at it. I um, I had professional training in ministerial school about speaking, and I actually had to unlearn all of that in order to be the speaker that I am now. And uh, nobody really taught me how to write inspiration. I found my way to it. Spirit led me because I was so inspired to write about spirit. And I learned so much through listening to spirit and I'd like to share that with you and also if you're interested in teaching a workshop leading a workshop putting on uh, a workshop uh, this teaching training that we're doing is designed to help you do that to write your curriculum to organize it and to feel confident and qualified to offer it uh, this is such an important thing, feeling confident and qualified, because I didn't feel any of that when I graduated from ministerial school uh, because of the training I'd gotten. But I did feel confident and qualified because of my own uh, exploration uh, outside of ministerial school. And uh, I just am so excited to share and to teach Uh, in ways that give people real confidence in spirit and following their intuition because there are so many lightworkers who have so many gifts to share, but their resistance and their reluctance is keeping them from doing it. So that's why I'm talking about this topic today. It's been requested of me. It's one of the things that people do ask me about all the time. And what I have found too is many light workers are ashamed of their resistance and reluctance. A lot of times I talk about it under the topic of how to stop playing small. Because I played small for many years. And it was so painful to keep playing small, to know that I was being called to share more. And I had a desire to share more, but I didn't feel worthy. How can we not feel worthy of our gifts and our talents and helping others? Well, it's because we're judging ourselves. We're shooting on ourselves. And it's also because we give ourselves permission to harbor resentments, to harbor regrets, to harbor thoughts of blame and shame, attack, resentment. And we're not doing what we were just talking about in the rules for decision before the break. So... <clears throat> Where it says, the speed by which the goal can be reached depends on this one thing alone, your willingness to practice every step. And it goes on to say, each one will help a little every time it is attempted. So every little attempt... Every little moment we cultivate the willingness, it adds up. And that's what I discovered. So I began to seize every opportunity to gather a little more willingness. I began to get so excited. Oh, here's another one. Oh, I feel so irritated. Oh, I, I feel so frustrated. Oh, I, I, I can gather more assistance from God here. I can gather more willingness. I can practice right now. Right now when I feel like I'd like to smack the crap out of them, I can practice right now. This is a good time to practice. And then instead of feeling like this moment is a bummer, this moment is a drag on the system, this moment is ruining my life, this person, this situation is bothering me, it's awful to me, absolutely not. Turn that monkey around and say, hallelujah, I can take this as a practice step to cultivate willingness, beam me up, spirit. 
Let me rise above this battleground thinking. Instead, let me recognize this is my destiny. This is my holy opportunity to choose my destiny. This has come to bless me. As the great mystic Emma Curtis Hopkins would say, you are of God and I demand my blessing from you. So that's what we're doing in each and every moment, our willingness to practice every step. Right? Thich Nhat Hanh famously quoting that other guy, I can't think of his name, who said, peace is every step. Let us remember that. So, mm, there was something else to share. What was it? <sighs> what was it? It was about the teacher trainings. Yes, the the cultivation of willingness is something that naturally occurs in my trainings, in my retreats, because people bring their resistance and reluctance. Of course they do, but together as a group, we bust through it, and that's so powerful. And we've got, um, as of uh, this broadcast right now, we've still got a couple days left on the early bird uh, opportunity and of course we always have payment plans unlike a lot of other organizations we have extended payment plans we would like to do whatever we can to make it possible for you and and um, this is a beautiful resort we have an amazing price there and um, it's in Scottsdale Arizona which is really easy to get to it's very close to the Phoenix Airport, so, and it's uh, uh, it's not a bad drive from uh, L.A. and other places like that, so I invite you to check it out. So here we are, going back to the new beginning rules for decision. So this is chapter 30, and it's the introduction, it's section uh, 1 here that the speed by which we can reach our goal depends upon our willingness to practice every step. And that's it. That's all that it depends on. It says each one will help a little every time it is attempted. And together with these steps lead, excuse me, and together will these steps lead you from dreams of judgment to forgiving dreams and out of pain and fear. They are not new to you, but they are more ideas than rules of thought to you as yet. So now we need to practice them a while until they are the rules by which you live. We seek to make them habits now, so you will have them ready for whatever you need. And here they are, the rules for decision. And because I did three episodes in December 2017, I'm not going to go over them uh, in depth. But I'm just going to go for another paragraph here. Decisions are continuous. You do not always know when you are making them. But with a little practice... With the ones you recognize, a set begins to form which sees you through the rest. It is not wise to let yourself become preoccupied with every step you take. The proper set of rules for decision adopted consciously every time you wake will put you well ahead. So begin your day with, I'm not going to make any decisions on my own. Holy Spirit, make all decisions for me. And it says here, and if you find resistance strong and dedication weak, you're not ready. Do not fight yourself. But think about the kind of day you would like to have. And tell yourself there is a way in which this very day can happen just like that. And then try again to have the day you'd like. So... That's how we get out of resistance and reluctance. We start to put the spirit in charge when we feel the resistance and reluctance and not to let the resistance and the reluctance win. This is how we move ourselves out of the pain and the suffering. 
we develop the ability to recognize and feel the resistance and the reluctance without identifying with it. Instead, calling upon the angels, instead calling upon the higher Holy Spirit self to lead us and guide us out of it. So this is always available to us. We can always ask for divine assistance. And this is one of the main things that we forget to do, that we don't do. And so if we begin each day, we can develop a habit, which I certainly have done, of starting the day with that connection with spirit. You decide for me. And let's say it's now. And maybe you're listening to this as you go to bed. So the day has already happened. You might review your day. It's really worth it to review your day, to have a spiritual practice at the end of the day, even if it's just five minutes, and to review your day and say, okay, let me look at the decisions I made without spirit, the decisions I made on my own, the decisions that caused uh, my pain and suffering. Let me give all the decisions to the spirit for healing. I must have made a wrong decision because I'm not at peace. If you're not at peace when you're going to bed, you must have made a wrong decision. Give it to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let him. And I will let him. I will. I will. I will. I will. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You know, if you look at the Manual for Teachers, and in Chapter 5, it's called, How is Healing Accomplished? And it says, healing involves an understanding of what the illusion of sickness is for. Healing is impossible without this. And then it says, the perceived purpose of sickness. Healing is accomplished the instant the sufferer no longer sees any value in pain. All right? So one of the things that we can do is if we're in emotional pain, if we're in mental pain, if we're in physical pain, at any point in our life, we can say to the higher Holy Spirit self, Ah, I must have made a wrong decision because I am not at peace. I must have decided that there is a value to pain. And I'm interested in having healing. So healing is accomplished the instant the sufferer no longer sees any value in pain. So we can say, Holy Spirit, I seem to have come to a decision that there is value in pain. And I would like to see that there is no longer any value in pain. Help me to understand it. Help me to liberate from the pain. Help me to move beyond it forever. I am willing. Show me the way. Right. That's how we have what's called the next section in this um, Manual for Teachers, Chapter 5, about healing. The next section is called the Shift in Perception. And it says, healing must occur in exact proportion to which the valuelessness of sickness is recognized. One need but say, there is no gain at all to me in this, and he is healed. But to say this, one must first recognize certain facts. First, it is obvious that decisions are of the mind, not of the body. If sickness is but a faulty problem-solving approach, right? So sickness is a faulty problem-solving approach. It is a decision. So sickness is a decision. And if it is a decision, it is the mind and not the body that makes it. The resistance to recognizing this is enormous. 
because the existence of the world as you perceive it depends upon the body being the decision maker. Terms like instincts, reflexes, and the like represent attempts to endow the body with non-mental motivators. Actually, such terms merely state or describe the problem. They do not answer it. So the problem is a belief in separation which shows up as suffering. It shows up as pain in all its many forms, mentally, emotionally, physically. We don't have to understand it. We can say, beam me up, spirit. I am willing to see the valuelessness of this sickness that I have made. Sickness is an effect, and the cause is in the mind. But it doesn't mean we're stupid or bad or wrong. No, it just means that somewhere along the way, we made a decision, known or unknown, felt or not felt, recognized or unrecognized, that sickness had a value. That pain and suffering had a value. So we decided to experience it, to explore it, and that our decisions, our wrong decisions, our perceptions, our belief system is showing up as the pain, as the suffering, as the illness. And there are also many people on this earth, I truly know that they are experiencing difficulties as part of their karmic healing, but also they are teaching, right? We're all teaching the efficacy of our choices and our decisions. So we can teach in many different ways. Some people experience miraculous healing and teach that. I was miserable. I felt lost. I felt afraid. I felt that there was something terribly wrong with me. I did not feel or believe that it was healable. I didn't. But I was willing to surrender that belief, that certainty that I had, that I was so bad and so wrong and so unworthy to the Holy Spirit for healing. And that's what brought my healing. You've heard me talk about that. It's time to pray. Oh my gosh. I'm grateful and thankful for the love of God shining in our hearts and minds as we go forth and multiply the consciousness of good. In gratitude, we let the healing be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Have a great week.